Hi, my name is Laura and I'm co-founder of the hospitality networking and inspiration platform Elevator and I'm the visiting host of today's ITB Travel Hero podcast. And I'm very happy to welcome you back to another episode of this uh, topic series of Travel Hero podcast dealing with the hot topic of skills and labor shortage in the tourism and hospitality industry. In this series, we examine the issues of skills shortage from different perspectives. So we started with the viewpoint of two representatives of the upcoming generation of professionals, Pia and Stefan, remember, who illustrated what makes working in the tourism industry actually attractive to them. Keywords in this context were remote work and other aspects of new work, the ability to grow within a company, And salary was not rated as most important. <laughs> Today's guest is Professor Stefan Riemhoff from IU, the International University of Applied Sciences. And he will share insights on the topic of skills shortage from a researcher's perspective. Um, we will have a deeper look at a study the IU conducted about long-lasting motivation at work. And of course, we'll try to give some practical implications regarding retention strategies based on the study's results. Stefan, a very warm welcome to this episode of ITB Travel Hero podcast. It's great that you join us today. Thanks to you, Laura. <laughs> Thanks for having me here. It's a pleasure to be here to talk about this very hot topic and interesting topic, of course. Indeed. Um, and uh, yeah, so you are a professor for international management, actually, at Uni International University of Applied Sciences at IU. That's true. Right. And uh, you are co-author of an interesting study um, the university conducted this year on the topic of long-lasting motivation at work. Um, what I liked uh, about this study from the very beginning is the approach from a positive angle, actually. So instead of investigating what makes professionals leave their companies or even the industry, you focused on those aspects um, which make them stay. But uh, which are those aspects precisely? Which factors motivate them in the long term? And Uh, what factors make you satisfied as an employee? I'm really curious to learn more about your results, not least because they allow for valuable uh, hints regarding the retention of skilled workers. Um, but maybe to kick our conversation off, as mentioned before, Stefan, you are a professor for international management. What did you study yourself? Uh, and did you know that you will become a professor one day back then? Well, that's a good question. Coming back from my, my background, I've been professor for the last three years, so COVID hit my, let's say, academic career as well. Oh, wow. From uh, present and on-site learning and uh, lectures to remote lectures. That's a new style for me, or was a new style, now we got used to it. And um, I was always interested, I've been always interested in, in like giving lectures and, and participating and, let's say, sharing thoughts and insights with students. And therefore, my dream came true, so to say, in 2019, when I became professor of international management, as you told, as introduced me at uh, International University based here in Munich. And uh, one of my work or part of my work is besides giving lectures like um, supervising um, a thesis of master's and bachelor level and of course participating in different academic research papers like the paper present or which you like stated before. And I think it's very interesting because you mentioned, Laura, like some aspects, what's the most important aspects of being, let's say, positive in terms of being an employer. 
I think it's not that easy to define because the list of positive aspects or the list of retaining employees is quite various, is quite long, it's, it's complex. Yeah, And we are talk, all talking about purpose, purpose giving work, purpose here, purpose there. Right. But in the end, of course, we need some aspects of monetary or financial reasons as well. And the study highlights some insights in between, let's say, the contradiction between monetary factors and so-called soft factors as purpose, as the climate within, within the employees, within the colleagues. Giving, giving evaluation, giving positive feedback culture, one of those aspects. But I think the world is changing and maybe COVID made his best, so to say, without any irony, to change the working environment, at least or the most in your business in the hospitality and tourism sector. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now you started to give already some hints. Uh, what are the factors? And that's not that it's not that easy to um, put them on a short list. It's not, yeah. Um, no. But can you tell in the beginning uh, a bit more maybe about the backgrounds of the study you conducted? And uh, well, yeah, how came that you conducted mm -hmm. it? How did the fieldwork look like? Um, what kind of individuals comprised the sample? Mm -hmm. Was that students or professionals? It's most professionals, yeah, above all, like from generation Y to generation X to generation Z, back to this route, so to say. It's a sample of around 2,000 participants all over Germany, like all over the ages, based on different industries. So it's not only located or, let's say, excluded or focused on hospitality and tourism sector. I see. It's uh, like a broadened study of different participants, yeah. So I think the aim of the study was to get a broad knowledge of different motivators or motivating factors of employees in Germany mm -hmm. in different branches, in different industry, in different age groups, mm -hmm. between the sexes, of course, in, let's say, different sizes of the industry as well. And that's very interesting because, of course, the, the smaller the industry or the company, normally the lower the income or salary is. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So there might be any kind of a correlation between those sizes as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now that you mentioned correlation, maybe uh, to start or to, to move on, there is two um, key variables, motivation and satisfaction in your studies. Um, how do these two variables actually correlate or do they correlate? They do. They, of course they do. Yeah, of course. But in the end, I think it's like satisfaction is the death of desire. And you always have to keep your people hungry, your people, people motivated, your people eager to learn more. And once they are completely satisfied, it's a good term. Of course, it's positive. But in the end, how to motivate them more or mm -hmm. how to get the best of them yeah? mm -hmm. and how to get the best for your employer, employer as well. So therefore, the correlation between satisfaction and motivation is high and it's visible and significant if we talk of, of academic terms. Mm -hmm. But I think motivation has to be fed every day, has to be fed every minute and has to be has to, to kept updated yeah, in these terms because on the other hand, you can kill motivation by the wrong factors and you can demotivate your employees once that it's done. And that's one of those insights from the study. Once you demotivate your, your employees, it's really hard to re-motivate them again mm -hmm. or to get their motivation back. Okay, yeah. yeah. So keep them satisfied, keep them motivated by different factors. We will dive into that later, I suppose. Helps you to, to retain them, to keep them with you. <laughs> yes, totally agree. Um, also from yeah, one's own experience, I think everyone can, can tell that. 
Um, and the central topic of the study was the importance, as you mentioned before, um, that the importance of salary, actually. It's not just purpose and, um, well, soft factors, but it is also monetary aspects. Um, and something every employer, of course, is also interested in because it uh, really means a lot uh, what, what of amount course, of salary yeah. Yeah. you will pay. Um, and what were the key findings regarding the relation between salary and motivation and satisfaction? I mean, there's probably um, loads of different uh, findings because... 2,000 individuals have uh, their... <laughs> 2,000 <laughs> individuals have 2,000 different, let's say, expectations, right, yeah, and right. 2,000 different backgrounds, 2,000 different factors of, of motivating themselves. Absolutely. And it's visible that one of those factors is salary, but it's it can be said or discovered or seen that the higher the age of the participant, the higher the impact or motivating impact of, of salary. So on the other side, mm -hmm. the younger the participant is, the lower the impact of salary and the higher the value of work or let's say the purpose of work. Mm -hmm. yeah? And it's maybe obvious on the other hand if you think about the responsibility that is growing. Yeah, The older you are, you have a family, you have to feed your children, maybe you have your real estate, your residence that has to be paid and um, your lifestyle increase and so on and so on. So therefore, when it comes to the age factor, the salary as a motivator increases. Mm -hmm. So then um, stick to the old model, uh, well, apprentices and young employees will start with a, well, a salary which is way lower, um, but it also would work because it's not that important to motivate them actually. And it's also an economic decision, of course. Because it's an economic decision, yeah. And it's, of course, an economic decision in terms of economic power of the company. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, as I said before, the, the, the bigger the company, the better the economic position, the better the possibility to, to, to pay higher salaries, yeah. But I think besides, we cannot only focus solely on the seldom, or let's say on the on the only isolated issue of money, so to mm -hmm. say, or salary. The younger the people are, you have to include other aspects, sense-making, purpose, one of those aspects already talked about. Giving evaluation, giving feedback, you want to learn. Yeah, When you're young, you want to learn, you want to go beyond, you want to go beyond your own horizon, you want to be hungry, and the hunger has to be fed. And it's not only done by money, it's not only done by monetary factors, it might be done by a constructive feedback, it might be done by a good culture within the company organization, it might be done by any team events. And if you look at your sector or the hospitality sector, tourism sector, Well, I suppose that's not the best paying sector or, or industry, but I think there might be advantages in terms of like variety of the work, service orientation, and these are as well aspects of retaining and attracting talent mm -hmm. and employees. Mm -hmm. And what was also interesting for me to, to see is that motivated employees perceive their salary um, in general as appropriate and therefore have more reason to be satisfied. Um, so even moderate uh, salary adjustments can serve as a booster for those employees. Um, what implications does this have for an employer? Just moderate, moderate salary increases on a regular cycle and then that's it um, that, regarding that, the topic of salary? <laughs> that would be the, easy, the easiest solution, so <laughs> to say. 
Well, I think it's it's very diverse, of, of course, and, and, again. and obviously, mm -hmm. again, yeah. I think just just to keep it simple, keep your keep your employees motivated, yeah. However, keep them motivated maybe by increasing their salary once a while, yeah. And we also had some insights about every colleague compares himself or herself to other colleagues, mm -hmm. yeah, of course, and how, how much do you earn, and mm -hmm. so on and so on. And it's taboo in Germany. Yeah, yeah? it's still kind it's of still a taboo. It's still a taboo, mm -hmm. and um, comparing to Scandinavian countries mm -hmm. or Anglo-Saxon countries, which you're like opening your own salary or, or, or publishing or, 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 or talking about your salary, you don't do it in Germany. It's like a kind of a taboo. It's a hidden spot, yeah? Mm -hmm. So therefore, even those comparing their salary with colleagues are more satisfied if they are motivated. Mm -hmm. yeah? So I think the fundamental of everything, the root of all good, so to say, is the motivation of the employees. Mm -hmm. And um, how do you motivate them? I mean, uh, it's very various, it's very individual, so you need to listen, I guess, and you need to um, anticipate maybe somehow also needs or um, well, there is probably no uh, recipe for that. There, but. there, there's no recipe, of course not. But I think anticipation might be a good solution. And of course, again, we have two two thousand different anticipations, maybe. <laughs> and you have to know your employees. But I think it's like goal giving. It's like goal setting within company purpose. Again, here we go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's like, where do you want to go, even in a crisis situation, even in pandemic situations? So good communication would be a part of goal setting. Yeah? And I think most companies could improve their communication. Well, of course, there's never the best solution of a communication. Communication could always be improved, to be honest. But I think how to communicate, the sense of communication, if it's like a 360 degrees feedback culture, so just combining communication and, and a feedback culture would be kind of a solution. You talked about hearing and, and, and listening to your employees, of course, and that's part of the communication. So mm -hmm. one of those keys of like keeping your your employees motivated is to know them mm -hmm. and how to know them by communicating with them mm -hmm. uh, and would you recommend uh, to offer um, salary increases from an employer's um, side or should you wait till the employee would ask for it i think that depends on the situation mm -hmm. and depends on pandemic situation and depends on right. the economic power of the company And of course, salary increases, you get used to it. The first salary increase, well, that's that's paradise. That's wonderful. You go out there having cheers with your friends and uh, go out there for beer or champagne or I don't know what. The second one, well, okay, so you get used to mm -hmm. it. Yeah? And therefore, I think the, the use of salary increases or the salary increase and motivating factors, it's getting... It's getting to its end, yeah. Therefore, you need different aspects and other aspects of motivating your your employees. Yeah. Okay. It totally makes sense. Um, so we we have now learned that motivation and uh, satisfaction are not all about salary, and it also depends on uh, on your age. And uh, that is also something we learned in our conversation with Pia and Stefan actually in in the preceding episode. But salary is the foundation. Um, which elements then should be built upon this foundation, Stefan? What are those factors you should then focus on after um, the basis is, is laid? 
I think organizations or companies are working on how to increase identifications of the employees within or with the employer or the organization. So the higher the identification with your company, the higher this motivation, the higher the satisfaction. Mm -hmm. yeah? And then in this case, the salary aspect decreases his, 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 his influence, his impact. Mm -hmm. yeah? So I think once you get identified and impacted employees, you have the motivation and the satisfaction of the employees. Mm -hmm. Okay, identification. Is there any other keyword you could um, set on salary? And I think a good strategy in terms of where do you want to go, where do we want to go, do we want to go together? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there a common goal in between the employee's view and the employer's view? Yeah. So the connection between those viewpoints have to has to be considered, mm -hmm. and um, that's the part of the goal setting yeah, that I talked before. Um, that has to be identified. It has to be clear. That might be might be stated in a vision or a mission of a company, but it has to be clear and it has to be like unique. Mm -hmm. Um, Stefan, you gave a nice hint, um, working in the tourism and hospitality industry, maybe it's not the, the best paid uh, version of your career, but it's very diverse and there is a lot of, um, well, great opportunities. Um, so working where others spend their holidays is the typical slogan somehow. Um, I'm, I'm not sure whether you can answer this question because uh, you did not focus on tourism and hospitality, but do you think there uh, is still kind of a dream job or how does a dream job look like? Um, what does it, how is it made up? I think pandemic changed, let's say, the perception of the tourism sector in, in by a 90 or 100 percent or, or maybe for the next years. And um, once the sector was like adventurous, once the sector was like kind of, I want to go there, I want to discover the world. So like discovering aspects, sensation seeking, risk, adventure. Mm -hmm. Pandemic changed a lot. Yeah? And I think the good image has to be recovered, has to be rebuilt. I suppose it will take some time. And I suppose that new models in the tourism sector will swipe over to other industries. Let's talk about the four weeks or four days a week. Yeah? Mm -hmm. I think it was established in some hotels in Germany, mm -hmm. uh, southern hotels or luxury um, hospitality um, um, institutions. And it somehow is adapted by other industries. So that might be a hint giving or let's say a role model The tourism industry as a role model for other industries. And I think that's interesting in the terms of development or in terms of, let's say, example giving industries for others. Mm. Right. Uh, that's a, a, an important aspect because uh, the industry often focuses on those things that are not uh, or that don't run smoothly. Let's, let's put it like that. That's it, yeah. Um, and yeah, you you just mentioned the the industry and the, its image suffered, and it's also it's not just the image, but it's also reality because many employees in the industry suffer from overtime, stress, excessive demands because of skills shortage actually or labor shortage. Um, this of course might increase the risk of burnouts. How do these factors uh, affect motivation and satisfaction at work? Does it give you maybe a boost in the beginning because you think, okay, it's really an extreme situation. We will all go through that together. But then there's maybe a point 
um, when it gets to the other uh, direction and then motivation and satisfaction uh, suffer. We had a very interesting insight in terms of burnout or maybe bore out on the other side as well. Mm, maybe the, in, in times of the pandemic. In times of the pandemic. And the higher the motivation, here we go again, the higher the motivation, the higher the satisfaction. That's the best prevention for burnout and bore out. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So if you have motivated people, you have the good prevention for being not being uh, burned out but be careful work life balance and other aspects to have to to that has to be kept in mind yeah so motivated people might work overloading and might overload themselves but you have to be careful as an employer to prevent them from burning out mm -hmm. now you mentioned bore out um, what is there any um, well is that a common phenomenon actually or I wouldn't call it a common phenomenon, but it appears. Yeah, mm -hmm. and the bore out leads to like frustration. Mm. Frustration leads to retention, and the great escape. You want to go out. You want to. You are like waiting for headhunter calls and mm -hmm. so on and so on. You're like intrinsically motivated to to go for another employer mm -hmm. if you're bored out, of course, because mm -hmm. you want to take responsibility. You want to improve. You want to grow, and if you're bored out. That's far away from growing. That's far far away from developing developing yourself in professional and personal terms. Oh yeah, um, and what other aspects maybe or might lead to demotivation or dissatisfaction? Um, what should employers definitely um, try to avoid? Is there any common uh, sense about that according to the findings of your study? I think bad or even toxic communication. Mm -hmm. I think bad communication in terms of bad quality of communication, how often do you communicate, but I think a toxic communication kills demotivation, kills satisfaction, mm -hmm. kills engagement. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's really uh, a tough um, result, actually. It is, <laughs> it is, yeah, definitely. And now what will be super interesting, in my opinion, are also the aspects. Are there any other differences in terms of uh, age and gender? We, uh, we, we started uh, our conversation off and heard that there are differences. Um, are there any other differences when it comes to motivation and satisfaction at work? We learned that money and salary is more important for older mm -hmm. employees and what else? There's a slight, let's talk, or well, let's say, male tendency towards motivating, being motivated by salary or salary increases. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So without any stereotypes, mm -hmm. the male participants were more, let's say, open to salary as being a motivator in comparison to the female participants. Mm -hmm. yeah? Female participants, without stereotyping it, um, are more, let's say, looking or eager to have a good environment with the colleagues, a good climate and so on and so on. So there are slight differences in between the sexes, so mm -hmm. like for the ages, the same case in between male and female participants mm -hmm. in the study. Okay. It's and interesting to see. Yeah, right. And then we had those typical kinds of generations, uh, X, Y, Z. And I mean, uh, Generation Z is uh, for many employers still somehow... Um, a well, a kind of employee that is not so easy to 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 address. Maybe is there any um, interesting finding regarding motivation or a stunning finding that is maybe new? <laughs> 
There was a kind of, let me say, contradictionary finding of this generation set. Mm -hmm. Once they want to have freedom, mm -hmm. but on the other hand, they want to have guidance. Mm -hmm. So bring it together, freedom with guidance, does it work? <laughs> that was a very just astonishing or let's say surprising finding of the study. Yeah? Okay. So how to deal or how to align, let's say, supervision, how to align freedom. Yeah. That's very interesting. And that might be a challenging factor for the employees of the generation set. Well, entering just the labor market right now to align those different, mm -hmm. in my terms, contradictionary, let's say, demands for, for, for the generation. And how could leaders or managers address uh, this challenge? I mean, how do you approach it? Do you need maybe some coaching uh, in order to be a better leader and to, to read uh, the employees also in between the lines maybe? Or... What would be your approach? Well, there's one approach that might might well, raise my interest as well, the reverse coaching. Mm -hmm. That's quite implemented in some organizations, companies. And of course, I think communication might help. Mm -hmm. Overcoming your stereotypes, overcoming your prejudice, overcoming your, your pictures in your head. Because there's a kind of a collision of the generations right now. The baby boomers mm -hmm. going to a retirement mm -hmm. and the generation set coming in. And they're sad. Well, no one wants to work. No one wants to take responsibility. That's a quite rough stereotyping of the generation set. Right. And I think this picture has to be revised and this picture has to be rewritten maybe. Yeah. Um, super interesting. <laughs> Now I have to get to my next question. <laughs> okay, so uh, what I have uh, recorded is that motivators change over an employee's lifetime. Um, are there any additional social demographic characteristics that affect long-term motivation and satisfaction at work? I mean, something like um, how many uh, employers you already had or what kind of academic degree you maybe have or is there any, was there any finding? I think the main finding was indeed the sexes and the gender question and maybe the age. So there's maybe higher, um, let's say, connection between um, if you have responsibility or no. Yeah, that might be a factor. Mm -hmm. But most of the participants were like employees. Mm -hmm. yeah, so there, it wasn't not focused on leaders or, 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 or manager positions. So that might be highlighted in further in further research. Yeah, might be interesting to look at this. Mm, right. Um, so, what do all these interesting differences imply for human resources work, Stefan? What does it mean for the human resources department within any organization? Well, I think for the future to to retain skill, to find your talents, I think the human resource strategy might be overthought. Yeah, it might be revised, it might be modified in terms of kind of individualized. Yeah, I think it's it's easier than it sounds. Yeah, and I think you have to to improve the needs. You have to to learn about the needs of your, your employees, whether it's like Generation Z, Generation Y, or the baby boomers. And you have to adapt on individual term your human resource strategy on those different demands. Mm -hmm. We are talking about every like vacation mood. We are talking about home office. Not every strategy suits for every individual in a company. Mm -hmm. If you have a tiny house, if you have a tiny flat, you don't want to work in your company. You don't want to work at home. You want to go to your company. Mm -hmm. And therefore, like having home office strategy for 100% of your employees doesn't fit to everyone. Mm -hmm. I think therefore. You have to adapt the different 
let's say, needs and demands of your employees. Mm -hmm. It sounds complicated, but I think it might be developed. Yeah, right. And it starts with the recruiting process and then ends of with course. the uh, retention strategies with a focus, um, I guess, on retention, um, right? And it has to be in line with the company culture. It has to be in line with the organizational culture right? because not every culture fits to workation strategy or, or home office strategy or remote work strategy. So the culture has to be like unique, as I told before, and the culture has to be adapted to the strategy where to work and how to work and how flexible you can work. Mm -hmm. Okay, so cultural shifts. Cultural shifts, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's a big challenge, of course. It is, of course. <laughs> yeah. And the culture is made by the employees. Yeah. It's not made by any mm -hmm. any uh, employees and leaders. Yeah. But it's not made by any books or any any uh, Bibles and so right, on and so on. Right. Yeah. It's made by people. Or of course whatever. not. It's made by people. Mm -hmm. It's made of by those inside. Right. Um, looking a little into the future, what other hot topics um, will affect human resources work in the near future, Stefan? I think one of the most important aspects, and I discovered this aspect within my own research, is the term diversity management. Not only in terms of gender diversity, in terms of international diversity. We have a skill shortage in most industrialized countries, not only Germany, and we need those from abroad. Mm -hmm. Whether in the industry, industry of, of tourism or hospitality, you can go wherever you want. We need those from a port. Yeah? And it's not like only, let's say, importing those from a port. <laughs> you have to adapt your strategy, your human resource strategy. You talked about your, your HRM strategy mm -hmm. for those coming from another culture with another cultural background to avoid frustration, to avoid resigning, to avoid short periods within a company mm -hmm. yeah we have to understand each other we need to adapt the global mindset mm -hmm. and we have to increase the global mindset within the workforce mm -hmm. on the other one hand and of course within the leaders on the other hand wow yeah that's another um, big big issue it is <laughs> um, and uh, yeah how uh, does digitization or digitalization um, well what role uh, could digitalization play in this context um, does it make things easier or maybe uh, make it more difficult because of those personal factors you mentioned um, that cannot be transported as easily in a digitized uh, environment well in my eyes my opinion digitization will never replace human interaction never yeah of course we have remote work but in the end it's it's like talking in between like our podcast it's like a personal podcast mm -hmm. right now and coming or looking at the hospitality industry or, or tourism industry i think digitization might help to let's say overcome the skill shortage if you look like like automated automated check-in systems processes i think digitization is a good chance to use digital solutions mm -hmm. to to improve the guest's life and to improve the employer's life mm -hmm. right. and employee's life, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Great. Um, and uh, so thank you so much, Stefan, for those super interesting insights that also motivate to, to think ahead, um, I would say, um, dealing with those super interesting and also um, kind of challenging um, future aspects of human resources work. And uh, regarding your research, um, what will be the, the next topic you will be focusing on in terms of your research activities? Are there already new studies in progress? or New studies? 
as I'm brokers, <laughs> I will publish another uh, co-authored article about upskilling and um, and reskilling workers mm -hmm. or employees, and of course the topic of global mindset and um, getting those onboarded with another another a different cal a cultural background. Okay, yeah, the that's one of those hot topics. Okay, great. Coming coming in line. Yeah. Okay, uh, and when uh, can we expect your results? <laughs> well, I think. Uh, Maybe from the beginning, from next year, 2023. Okay. And uh, because I think we keep cannot online. get yeah. it quick enough, uh, so to speak, because... As so I have to work <laughs> yeah, with more motivation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will do my best. <laughs> Great. And good luck for those upcoming projects, Stefan. And, and thank you for joining us today. Thanks to you. <laughs> Thanks for having me here. It was a pleasure to, to have the chat with you, the interview with you. Yeah, um, I totally agree. And in our next episode of this topic series, uh, we will welcome two representatives from the hospitality industry's practice. Um, so two employers. And I'm very, very much looking forward to finding out how they deal with all those topics we learned about during this conversation with, uh, with Stefan and uh, also the one with Pia and uh, the other Stefan, actually, um, two next generation professionals we had in our first episode. So stay tuned and in the meantime think about what motivates you at work and focus on those post positive motivating aspects at the same time try to listen carefully to your team members and colleagues in order to find out what motivates them and try to meet the very different and individual motivators as we learned and needs of those team members or colleagues so my name is laura and i'm looking forward to hosting the next episode of this special issue of itb travel hero podcast dealing with the hot topic of skills shortage. Oh.